Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Heather Uncensored. So hi, everyone. Today I'm here alone. Don't even have Sylvie and Ethel. They're not back yet. I wanted to talk to you today about the fact that taking control of our health is a revolutionary act and that this time in history demands insight and action. We need to not just feed ourselves well, but we need to take hold of our thoughts and our feelings and reflect on them. We don't want to be in a state of panic where our cortisol is high and then the brain, you know, with the amygdala going off, the, you can find this in my book, but, you know, you want to make sure that you're centered, that your brain is really working well. This is a time that we need to ground ourselves, to center ourselves and use critical thinking skills so that we can think clearly about what's happening around us, including sorting out what's not true and what is the best approach in all this chaos. Of course, one reason to be centered is to take the time to understand the absolute mess and disaster of what we have done to our children. Between antibiotics, vaccines, antipsychotic drugs, even a new study on Tylenol shows that it's affecting our children's bodies and brains. Of course, that was something that naturopathic physicians have known since about 100 years, not to take these kind of things when you have a fever. It just ruins the body response. So basically, we have poisoned our children, and yet still Fauci and all want COVID jabs for those precious little ones as young as six months old. This is not a modern or 21st century dilemma, however. People have been arguing about the uselessness and harm of vaccines since probably the late 1800s. In fact, Dr. Susanna Serenko, in her book, Vaccination and Naturopathic Medicine, said to all those who took up the challenge of questioning vaccines, this is who she dedicates her book to, Benedict Lust, founder of Naturopathic Medicine in the late 1800s. He was both an ND and an MD. He went to prison 18 times because of his beliefs against vaccination, as well as vivisection, which is the practice of performing operations on live animals for the purpose of experimentation or scientific research. And this is why we need to be clear in our thinking, to understand what COVID time has done to us, the loss of medical freedom, lockdowns, toxic environment, as well as investigating our food sources, questioning our political leaders, being compassionate and about suicides. Just unbelievable. In any case, the good news is that what the CDC and the FDA has done through COVID especially, but really for decades, may end up exposing the childhood vaccine program. And this process begins with each one of us to reflect, understand, read, discern, understand how our own personal trauma has fed into how we think and feel, incorporating critical thinking skills. Now, you might wonder, what is that leap to the CDC. Well, that all comes from all of us standing up and continuing to educate people that we need to stand up and expose the harm of the childhood vaccine program. And the people who have experienced that in their families with children becoming autistic from the vaccines or other things, 
People just do not understand it. People who are actually good people, people that you may not see now as friends because of what's happened, but that they are good people. They just don't know. And those are the ones who are ignorant, but then they're also the ones that are just so corrupt and just trying to change our world just to the just to the detriment, to terrible. So I want to start with a quote from Susanna Serenko. In her book, Susanna Serenko quotes John Stuart Mill, who lived from 1806 to 1873 and is considered the most influential English language philosopher of the 19th century. He wrote, It often happens that the universal belief of one age, a belief from which no one was, nor without an extraordinary effort of genius and courage could, at that time, be free, becomes to a subsequent age so palpable an absurdity that the only difficulty then is to imagine how such a thing can ever have appeared credible. So let's think about the word credible, able to be believed, convincing. Public health officials have not been credible. As a naturopathic physician, I can say that has been going on for, well, since the 1800s. In fact, not only did Luce go to prison, and many wrote about the fallacy of vaccination, but the medical doctor Alexander Wilder called his 30-page report The Fallacy of Vaccination in 1875. He knew, as many of us do, that vaccination causes other diseases that are not named by those in power as consequences of being jabbed, just like it's happening now. Myocarditis, neurological problems including paralysis, severe headaches, menstrual irregularities, so many things because of the jab and because there may be graphene oxide and other heavy metals in them. Who knows what other conditions are arising? An accumulation of toxins in your body can lead to many health problems, depending on where they land inside you. And SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, can be a consequence of vaccination. Did you know that 9 out of 10 SIDS deaths occur around the same time as 2 and 4 month well baby visits where they poison the babies? Not long ago, I was speaking with my hairdresser, and she told me she had been to a funeral the day before, that her friend's granddaughter had died. I think she was a month old. But the MDs at St. Joseph's Hospital didn't consider that it was all the vaccines she had in one day. She had them in the morning, and she was a preemie. I want to mention that. She was a preemie. By 6 p.m. that night, she was dead. Yet they continued to not deny that that It could be vaccines. It's just incredible how the allopathic medical profession is so brainwashed. I remember when I was doing my Bachelor of Science in Biology at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia, that we had to keep an open mind as scientists. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen much of that, especially in the last two and a half years. All this time, the CDC and FDA have betrayed our children's health never speaking about the effect of good food and natural medicine, and now they are adamant about recommending all toddlers get one of this emergency use authorization shots. No evidence for this at all. We need good science now more than ever. Like how glutathione helps people get better from COVID and other things, obviously. 
And that's not just from a pill or its precursor, NAC, N-acetylcysteine. It's how well you sleep, how well you eat, how you exercise, how you feel, and so on. And I bring all this in because I'm trying to show you why we need to really pursue the literature, pursue our own feelings of what happens daily, of what is right and what is wrong. So the following are examples of why it's so important each of us take time in the day to center ourselves. If we are religious, we can use that person or we can touch base with nature, with the light, sit in meditation, learn critical thinking skills, be informed at this most noxious time in history. So all of these things talking about vaccines, uh, vivisection, coming to an opinion on this really comes from what you read, what people tell you, and you have to be allowing that information in. And that's why it starts with our own minds, our own sitting still. And it's so important that every day we sit and we reflect on what's going on. Because one, we're going to be so exhausted and confused about everything out there. So if we grow this center, we're going to be able to not be affected about all the horrible things out there, the confusion, the fear, the mass psychosis. We can feel stronger inside ourselves, inside our minds, inside our bodies, inside our hearts. So in chapter eight of my book, coming up pretty soon, Transforming Trauma, A Drugless and Creative Path to Healing PTS and ACE, chapter eight is called A Way In. Breath in and out, nowhere to go, nothing to do. The moment opens and we are in it. It provides an entrance to understand our inner universe which may not be easy to access when we are in an aggravated state of mind, angry, fearful, depleted, desperate. But this is what we will need to do somehow. Perhaps using sound to pull us forward, perhaps a towel that can be squeezed, or an inhale of lavender, or a handheld, a long hug. Soon, perhaps over time, we gently nod, perhaps blowing out that first bubble, committed to rising up, Wonder returns, curiosity too of what is, what could be, our center grounding, even minuscule, the earth holding us in an embrace that allows the exhale to elongate. When you're stressed, including post-traumatic stress, it means the body-mind is holding an immense level of fear from the original or ongoing events that have threatened our safety and created pandemonium in our brain, and this includes COVID time. This disturbance lingers in our body and often, worst of all, provokes our critical inner judge, leaving us hampered by a continuous loop of thoughts and feelings that won't go away, at least easily. Even having helped ourselves physiologically, like balancing cortisol, improving gut function, something is still not quite right. We may still feel unable to move forward, to recapture that old feeling of curiosity, awestruck by life's mysteries. We can be in a state of panic and our thinking just becomes difficult. The primary effect of a traumatic experience is involuntary from primitive reflexes, the innocent emotions and accompanying thoughts. 
For the secondary effect, we can choose to construct, using free will, a healing path based on motivation and attitude to create our way through our inner world that has been fraught with these foreboding emotions and debilitating thoughts. To begin the journey of healing mind and body requires access to the still point, that centered part of the self that feels safe, calm, confident, and authentic enough to access the emotions frozen for so long and having accessed them, use their imaginative powers to materialize some measure of release. And this is exactly what we do. This release can extend from a momentous exhalation of relief to a piece of expressive arts in the form of writing, art, music, dance, or theater. In treating someone with PTS or any type of anxiety, we can turn to the five senses sound, taste, sight, smell, and touch, to probe and penetrate the memory of the traumatic event. But first we need to understand that it's the parasympathetic system, as opposed to staying stuck circling the drain of the sympathetic nervous system with its agitated fight or flight, or the dorsal vagal system, a feeling numb or frozen emotion. So I just want to talk a little bit about the fact that we really need to dial down from being chronically wired with excess cortisol and adrenaline so that we can engage our inner world to address and understand the narrative creeping out from the shadow of memory or not even memory, just what is today to deal with all the negative debris that became caught in a rat wheel kind of spin. We don't swallow a pill. We must investigate symptoms, thoughts, feelings, and behavior. So underlying our efforts is the intention to create a continual safe and interesting context where the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain central to cognitive control functions, can increasingly come online to regulate the amygdala, breaking the vicious cycle of primitive brain responses and reducing the traumatic response. So to achieve inner peace, we must be ready to acknowledge something must be changed and are ready to do the work necessary to move through the movement moment or the energy when trauma slammed on the brakes of our happiness, our peace of mind gone, vaporized. And although this was all written before COVID, a lot of it, it's the same thing what we're going through. We just feel uncentered, ungrounded. And so we turn to uh, critical thinking skills. We turn to our center of meditation. We turn to growing a still point. To regain a feeling of comfort, that feeling of being in control, and ultimately that joie de vivre we most likely felt as children, requires the achievement of a still point. Stillness is the first step to creating a strong center. Letting senses fall away allows us to pause, to reflect, conjuring an initial stability that induces a positive environment for exploring with the aim of deep psychological healing or simply just to get centered so you can think clearly about what's going on. This is the key to being in control enough to transform the defining event of anything essential to being at one with your, yourself, if only later on. Mindfulness is a commonly accepted method to gather focus and observe thoughts. In a sense, it is the opposite of dissociation, 
the protective reactivity that can happen in trauma. Disassociation is a protective response, and that is something that might be happening right now because of COVID, because of all the things that are around us that are just causing us so much stress. And so although disassociation is a strategy that the mind uses to curb suffering, it's not what you want to use. You want to be able to be engaged with other people as well. In any case, to start accessing your still point, all you need to do is close your eyes. By creating a focus, you can draw into where you are as well as the lingering experiences or the, re- the recent experience so you can transform it. But accessing your still point isn't nearly as easy as the word sounds. Daily, we have many distractions and our mind easily becomes what is commonly referred to as monkey mind, swinging from one distraction to the next, filling our thoughts up while neglecting what we need to focus on. Whether this is from being low in dopamine or low in serotonin, it doesn't matter. The fact remains we must be able to access our still point to heal, to become clear. And the surefire, drugless way to do this is through breath work during meditation. The reality is that we have had techniques for centuries to be able to do this, the chief among which is breath work, the building block of meditation. So I'm going to leave that here. The next time I speak alone, I'm just going to go into breath work and the, the mudras and different things so that it can take keep taking you down into your still point, down into yourself, into your inner space. So you have a, a garden. You can think about having beautiful flowers in there, different colors and textures and shapes so that you can have something that keeps you company. And if you can do this outside, if you can meditate outside and really feel the sky overhead and the earth below, the clouds and the trees and the plants and, you know, the smells if you're in a good place with a garden or whatever, but that is how you grow your center. And in closing today, I just want to shout out to two women and an organization who have gone above and beyond for medical freedom. And two of the women have the jumpsuit to prove it. Tamara Litch, who was a Canadian Freedom Convoy organizer, charged with mischief, obstructed police, intimidation, and counseling others to commit mischief. Thankfully, she was finally released from prison July 26. And Simone Gould, she's founder of Frontline Doctors. She was sentenced to 60 days in prison for a misdemeanor nonviolent action on January 6th, as well to PRISM, which is People for Reason in Science and Medicine. This is an organization that is pro-health, pro-environment, and anti-vivisection. They have several YouTube videos, such as Big Pharma equals Big Fraud. Their website is peopleforreason.org. They've got lots of information, lots of really great research. So if you're not Uh, checking into them that is something so that you can make some decisions we really need to not let other people make our decisions we need to really understand why we think we think the way we do i'm sure there's sometimes people on here even in the medical freedom field that might not agree with what i think but i've come to certain conclusions for a reason And so we need to understand what are our reasons for the way we think and how we all come together to make a so much better world 
that is based on truth, on science, on nature, and the love of each other. So take care. Have a great week. See you next week.